welcome to Our Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, I'm tired. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Very tired. It's been a long weekend. Yeah. And I think I'm still kind of ill. Oh no. I think I've gotten over the honours I had, and then I felt like, like on Thursday, I felt like kind of fine. Yeah. I had the sniffles still, and now like I can feel something like on my chest, and like my nose is a little bit blocked, and I think my voice sounds kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm good. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Those things. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, yeah, feeling mostly recovered after the the magic fest now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fantastic. I mean, we we are gonna gonna give a bit of a rundown of a, a weekend. It was great. Uh, I definitely feel just shattered to be honest but <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, so, I'm so tired yeah i don't feel as bad as i did yesterday though so we're all good yeah i was like waking up at like oh, seven o'clock and then going to bed at like well go, going to bed at like 11 but then just sitting on my phone in, my, in bed for two hours just for no reason at all so i just had no sleep oh, this wasn't a good and effective use of time but it was a very good weekend so yeah it was awesome so i was about to ask you have you played much magic this week but <laughs> I know exactly how much how much you played because I was there the whole time. Yeah, I played a lot of Magic this week. Yeah, it's been very good. I have played exclusively Legacy and Commander. Yeah, which has been sweet. Um, I only ended up so I got the fanatic package. But I only ended up playing in four events. Ah, oh, you didn't do all five in the end. I didn't. I just shopped it in for ticks at the end. Nice. Um, yeah, because like because I was going to do two events on Sunday, so I did the double up in the morning. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, I just can't be bothered. I kind of want to just sit and play Commando. Yeah, yeah. So I just played Commando for a few hours and then went home. And I think that was that was decent. Like, I played some very good Magic, though. I, I, I did very well in the events. Yeah. But yeah, it was just a whole weekend of just playing Magic and walking around and eating pizza. So that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can confirm it was it was fantastic, really. It, yeah, it really was. It's just a shame because the, I don't know, the actual GP itself, like, the event and stuff kind of felt a bit crap. Yeah, it was it was definitely a lot smaller. So this is the the first uh, first Magic Fest or GP I've been to in Birmingham. Uh, so how's it compared to ones in the past? Uh, it's a lot smaller. Yeah. So the actual the, the actual hall was a lot smaller because so the, uh, GP Birmingham last year, which was a double GP, so like the four day weekend modern uh, no Legacy and Standard one was the hall next. The one the hall was in this time. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot bigger. Like this one felt so small, felt so cramped. Um, there were only five vendors there, which is very strange. Seven, I think, on, on the it was day. Seven in total, yeah. I'm sure. But that it still felt like, like you know, not as many as, as there have been at previous Magic Fests. Yeah, definitely. And I think the the spaces that <coughs> a lot of them had were a lot smaller than they usually are too. Yeah, a couple of them just had like like one table yeah. that they could actually use, which was really bad. Um, but yeah, it felt very cramped, it felt very small. It didn't feel like there were that many people there. Yeah, definitely not. Honestly, which is which is a real shame. Um, but I mean, what can you what can you expect? No one cares about UK magic. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't as good. It, it didn't hasn't been as good as last time. Also, the NEC is still terrible. <laughs> God, I hate the NEC so much. It's so expensive and just so annoying to navigate, and everything's so far away from everything else. Yeah. Well, what were the what were the positives from your weekend then? Oh, I played just loads of Legacy. Yeah, <laughs> that was the that was the main thing. It was really good. Like, um, so well, the the main thing is I ate pizza every night. Yeah, that was the best. 
<laughs> so good. It's like, so when I picked you up on Thursday night to stay in my flat, I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll order a pizza. And then I had to go and, go and find food um, for the Friday night. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, <laughs> everywhere looks full. Let's go get a pizza. Yeah, that, I think that's my, my biggest complaint about the, the thing was just the like, <laughs> resort world was <laughs> horrendous because there was like such a long wait to like, even get into a restaurant anywhere to eat anything. I mean, results were just horrendous even when it's not busy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's like obviously a Friday and a Saturday night when we're trying to go get food. Um, everywhere was completely full. So it was either like a half an hour wait for a table or at least like a half an hour wait for food, even if you got a seat, which is kind of bad. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's kind of to be expected, right? Yeah, sure. And it's better than having to like drive into the city centre or like drive back to mine yeah. to go and get food. Like, it's kind of just there, I suppose. But yeah, that, that was, oh, I just hate the NEC so much. <laughs> It's like it's the, what, the biggest and most expensive convention center in Europe. Yeah, is it, just, is it the biggest? I know it's definitely the most expensive, but I, I don't know. I like, didn't realize it was the biggest. I mean, like if you think about the actual in terms of like the actual area that it takes up between like Resorts World and the NEC and like. Yeah, I guess so. If you take like Resorts World into account, then yeah, sure. Just the whole complex is like goddamn huge. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But yeah, the actual Magic I played, that was very good. Um, Legacy players continue to be the best type of players. Agreed. Everyone I played against was um, very polite, very pleasant. Played some really good games, had some good conversations. Because like, there's been, you know, I've played Magic before where I sat across from someone and just been like, well, we don't get on. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't very fun. But every, everyone I played against was like really nice, yeah. really chatty. Played some really good Magic. Like I think I, I, I played very well, Yeah. which was good. Um, I won a lot of games with a lot of ticks yeah you definitely did win a lot of ticks in the end <laughs> yeah made a lot of money <laughs> didn't make that much money um, but yeah it, it, was, it was really good it was, it was really really good um, and then just like casual games of commando always fun um, it was kind of a problem though because it's just it's so everything's so busy and so noisy and so distracting actually sitting down to play games of commander just felt so difficult because there's always something to be distracted by someone else to talk to yeah so like that which is kind of a shame um but i mean we have just spent the last couple of weeks saying oh don't go play commander events at a gp no but that's the thing like it was like sort of, well i i knew the people i was playing with yeah um i managed to bump into um pleasant kenobi yeah and play a game with him which was really cool He's a very nice man, isn't he? He is, yeah, yeah. Vince was great. Had quite a few interactions with him over the weekend, and yeah, shout out to Vince for being awesome. Absolutely. Also, uh, we did, uh, played a game with his mini cube. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was an experience. That was really good fun. Um, but yeah, like I played with people I knew, or like people that I'd you know sort of had conversations with and vaguely knew knew at least something about before I played a game with it wasn't just like complete strangers hoping that I'd have a good interval like I wouldn't agree to play games with people that I didn't go on with yeah. or that I didn't really know that well but yeah I didn't enter the, any of the commander events with the commander events were really bad really bad EV yeah they were like 10 pounds yeah I think they were it was 10 pounds to enter a commander event yeah and you get 50 ticks okay every, every person gets 50 ticks yeah which is three booster packs of a standard set yeah so you're paying ten pounds for three booster packs. Yeah, it doesn't seem. And great, to play some games, come out. you could have just gone and bought three boosters for three pounds each, and then just played casual games with your friends. That seems kind of bad. Yeah. Um, but the casual there was like also a casual space, which was really cool. Like a yeah, just, like if you if you put in like like four of you, if you put in like ten pounds each, and bought mm-hmm. like a load of boosters, then like you could have even played for prizes, like just amongst yourselves. Yeah, exactly. Like 
it just it was very, but yeah, the casual tables were really sweet. So it was like five rows of tables, six rows of tables, maybe yeah. more. That just people could just go and sit and like do their own drafts or play commander or cube or just sit and do whatever. Um, it, they were always always fairly busy, but there was normally always a place to sit. So that was really it's it's cool to see, and I think this has been a thing at Magic Fest like generally over the last few months. If um, CFB have dedicated a space where you can just go and play Magic without having to be in an event, yeah, definitely. Because that's always been a problem before. But that was really cool. Maverick is still great. Yeah, just it felt so good. What was your oh. record of the weekend? See, I've been trying to work that out. I can't remember. <laughs> so, so I two owed because uh, obviously they have the thing. So it's three rounds, but if you go two o, you can just choose to drop and essentially ID the last round. Yeah, and go and get. If it's a normal event, it's three hundred ticks. If it's a double up, it's six hundred ticks, which is enough for a box. So I two o two double ups, and one regular. So that was a lot of ticks. That was sweet. Yeah. Um, and I went. I honestly can't remember the other one. <laughs> I know I definitely lost at least one round. I think I went. Uh, one two. Yeah, I think I I lost two and then won the last one. Um, so overall the record, if I can do some quick maths, is seven two. Nice, that's really good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, didn't play against Renin Six, which was probably good for me because that card seems kind of bad for my you know wasteland, my yeah. own Renin Six deck. Didn't play any any Hogak. Nice, which is interesting because I was expecting that to be sort of like. You know, flavor of the month or whatever. Yeah, definitely. How how good those decks have been doing at Legacy. Yeah, I just played against like mostly fair blue decks, some death and taxes. Um, yeah, just like kind of all fairly good matchups for me. Yeah. And then played some good magic. I definitely punted a couple of times though. Just decided to try and throw away a game against Blue White Delver Blade. Yeah. Which I then ended up winning because I have shifting Ceratops in my deck and that card's really stupid. <laughs> yeah, that card does seem pretty good. It's really sweet because my opponent just has like a Trino Nemesis with a Umazawa's GT on it, which is normally game over for me. Yeah. But obviously he can't attack because I've beaten him down for so long so he's on one life and then just keeps like going up and down with his GT. Nice. <laughs> just make a shifting Ceratops. There's literally nothing you can do about it. Oh, it's so good. Um, but yeah, I, had, I played some really good magic, I think, um, and had a lot of fun and did really well. So I, you know, got a lot of ticks. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. How was your experience with Legacy? Because I know that's all you played as well. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Uh, I did uh, considerably worse than you results-wise, but uh, I had a lot of fun, a load of fun. I, I think obviously my uh, the the deck choice is is uh, it's very different to how sort of your sort of deck plays out. Um, mm-hmm. So I I was happy. I, I mean, I'm definitely definitely happy with how. How I played it, and the, like there were definitely games where, and I, I lost, like, I, I, yeah, I lost games that weren't anything like to do, like that were just completely out of my control. Like, but like opponent like top decked something, or there was one game where like I turn one thought sees my opponent, and they had three Chalice of the Void in hand. Like game one, I'm never gonna beat that, so I just lose. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was cool. I managed to. Um, keep a list of all the matches I played against with my, my records against them as well because I, I figured we were probably going to be talking about this on the podcast so uh, I was not that prepared yeah <laughs> I can definitely remember one of my results which was 2-0 against you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's recording of my results as a, as a big L that is <laughs> a big L a big L so yeah uh, on the Friday morning we played the, the first legacy event there uh, I, round one I played against Enchantress uh, against mm-hmm. another player from the northeast, which was <laughs> typical, right? You come all the way yeah, to course. a magic fest, you play against people like you know from home. Yep. So I went two 0 against Enchantress. 
Excellent. which was just like pretty, pre- just pretty much what you'd expect, really. Like, yeah, considering they have no way to interact with you whatsoever. Yeah, like, no, no, yeah, just nothing they can do. I can combo off a lot better and a lot faster. Um, yeah, my opponent wasn't playing Bale of Summer on the sideboard either. Mm, that's um, a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, they said that they thought about it, but didn't think there'd be much storm, so they didn't bring it in. And that they had had Galactic in the sideboard, but they took him out before the event. <laughs> so the best card. That was that was good. Uh, so yeah, it was an easy 2-0, that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Round two, I played against you and got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I think it was just player failure and then you drew loads of lands. <laughs> it just wasn't close. Yeah, I, I pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, it wasn't, I was drawing wasn't lands great. quite a lot all weekend. But uh, yeah, like game one, Thalia is something that my deck struggles with, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, round three, I won against Infect 2-1, which was, yeah. was really cool. Um, is, that a, is that a matchup you should be winning? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, to be honest. I think it's... Considering... It's, they have like similarly consistent quick kills and days enforceable. Yeah, that seems interesting. Yeah, That's it cool. was. So it was the um, uh, band infect sort of playing Teferi. Nice three mana Teferi. So oh, that's it, really good. Yeah, it was. It was a cool deck, uh, but I, I think it was. I think that matchup really is is a bit of a. Uh, it's a combination like coin flip and just banking on them not having a like. Anything in the hand, like a veil of summer, or a flusterstorm, or a force of will in the hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, I seem to remember drawing quite a few thought teasers against them, so I, th- I think it was all right. Yeah, that'll help. Yeah, so I won that one two one. It was the double up, wasn't it? The first one we that did. was the double up. Yes. Yeah, so we just did the regular one after that. Uh, round one, I played against Tinfins. Oh yeah, sweet. That was uh, that was that was interesting. There's a, a deck that I haven't played against for a, for a very long time now. Yeah, it's. A deck that hasn't really been seeing any play anywhere because it's kind of not that good. Yeah, really. Like it seems like an absolute blast to play, but it doesn't seem like I'd rather just be playing like Reanimator. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, if I'm going to play that kind of deck, I I fully agree there. Definitely. Uh, I managed to win that one two one. Uh, I don't feel like there were particularly difficult matches either. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, I lost the I lost the first one because I was I think I was just a little bit a little bit unprepared for the matchup. And yeah. they drew like a sick opening hand, and yeah, I lost the first one easily, but then won the next two mm-hmm. very easily. Uh, unfortunately, my next round didn't go quite quite so well. I played against the uh, Mystic Bomberman, so it's like the Mono White Bomberman deck that's running Mystic Forge. Sweet, it's oh, it's a fantastic deck. It's a it's a brilliant deck. But that was that was the round where yeah, I went uh, on the play. I went turn one. Pluto Delta, go get an Underground Sea, Thoughtseize. Uh, my opponent had three Chalice of the Void, uh, an Ancient Tomb, and like other cards. And like, yeah, other cards. Like, it just didn't matter what was in their hand. Like, there were multiple Chalices in the Ancient Tomb. So then they went Chalice on one, go, and I went, alright, we'll play that <laughs> for a bit longer just so I can see a bit more of their deck. Because I, I think I, I did think at that point that they could be on like Eldrazi. Mm hmm. Because I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen anything to to suggest that it was going to be like Mystic Forge at that point. Sure. So we went for like three more turns, and from my deck they saw two Underground Sea, a Volcanic Island, and a Polluted Delta. So yep. then, when sideboarding happened, they thought that I was on uh, Grixis Delva. Sweet. So they took out took out some cards that would have been quite good against me, and they brought in like cards that would have been good against Delva, uh, and. 
so I yeah game two I played a I think I played like a fetch land and passed or played like a fetch land and then like pondered or something and then and then they went um, city of traitors lotus petal monastery mentor and then played three artifacts from the <laughs> zero man artifacts from the hand <laughs> yeah that's not good yeah that was that was it um yeah, I I died on turn two, which is kind of the opposite of what Storm usually does. How's it feel? Uh feels, feels feels fine to be honest. I know what I'm getting myself in for. Yeah, that's uh, true. And yeah, my opponent had a ridiculous hand that I, I just couldn't beat. Mm-hmm. So it was, it wasn't even a close game, but it was it was a fun one. Yep. Uh, and then round three was uh, was one of my favourite interactions from the whole weekend. Yep. So uh, I sit down against my opponent. And introduced myself, introduces himself, and he's like, "Oh, hey, uh, I recognise you from Twitter. I know what <laughs> deck you're playing. Would you like to to take an ID?" <laughs> That's so good. It was oh, it was amazing. It was such a f- funny interaction. It was something I never thought would happen ever. So that, that's hilarious. Uh, so obviously, me thinking, "Oh, he's got the like the, the scoop on my deck. He's probably playing something with Chalice of the Void or or." I don't know something that's gonna be really annoying to play against. Yeah, sure, I'll take the I'll I'll take the ID. So we play anyway, and turns out he's on Ant as well, and I should beat him two 0 dead easily. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So you're getting clout to get IDs. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was it was a good laugh. Um, yeah, we both just talked about Ant like for about twenty minutes after the after the match finished as well, and went and got our ticks. And yeah, it was really good. Really cool interaction. I mean, that's literally that all you ever want to do, isn't it? Just yeah, talk oh, yeah. about hand. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> talk about opening hands and whether or not we actually need to play Fluster Storm in the sideboard anymore because Veil vale of Summer is a card. Um, ooh, side note. Yeah. Veil vale of Summer is a really good card. It's a fantastic card. Um, yeah, it won me like two games this weekend. Yeah. Um, and it seems like it's, it's just already a format staple. Like, it's so absurd. Yeah. Especially when you... Um, cast it to stop your opponent him to tracking you. Yeah. And then after that veil of summer, you draw another veil of summer, and then they try and him to track you again, and you cast a veil of summer. And then after that veil of summer, you draw the pyroblast Ooh, that nice. then counters the trinity nemesis to try and cast next turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, maybe I should shuffle my deck better because that's three <laughs> sideboard cards in a row. Yeah, <laughs> I think like so good. The veil of summer is one of those. It's 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 like it's like the green fatal push, right? It's it's green elemental blast. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it That's is. Essentially, what it is, like, it's just so. But good. It's just had like such an impact on like multiple formats. I, yeah, I think the card's great. Yeah, I mean, it just like it stops um, like fluster storms and force of wills and dazes if that's relevant but you should probably just play the one for the days yeah. um, stops Thoughtseize stops him to Torak stops Tendrils of Agony completely yep <laughs> um, it turns out I'm very stupid because I decided to because we were just playing games and you cast an Infernal Tutor with no cards in hand I was like ah Veil of Summer you can't kill me <laughs> you're like, like okay right, I'll just I'll go get empty the Warrens and <laughs> I'll just make 16 goblins yeah. instead this is fine <laughs> like, oh yes I'm, I'm very stupid I should just wait till the Tendrils are on the stack and then I win the game yeah but I decided to lose the game by being a total moron. Um, but yeah, like, the card's just completely absurd. Um, it is, yeah. It's yeah. Oh, oh, it's great. Speaking of which, you need to post my two copies back to me. I do, yeah. They are still currently <laughs> on my sideboard. <laughs> that yeah, is something I, I will, will get onto ASAP. I mean, you can just buy me two or yeah, whatever. sure. <laughs> I don't need them that much. 
cool. So uh, that was that was day one, the Friday, and day two, Saturday, I played uh, the regular one on the morning. I played against uh, Infect, so it was the same guy from round one, uh, from uh, sorry, the final round of of event one on the Friday. Uh huh. Okay. The same list. Uh, this time I lost one two to him. Um, so yeah, this one I remember exactly now. Uh, he won the first one. I won the second one. And then uh, game three, I went turn one. I had like the turn two kill in hand, so I had a thoughtsies as well to protect it. So I went turn one thoughtsies. Uh, saw his hand was like was like five cards, uh, a force of will, and a brainstorm. Mm-hmm. So I take the the force of will. And then pass yep. the turn, and then uh, go to Shenanigans combo off turn two, uh, and I cast cast all my spells, cast my rituals, cast my LED, cast the tutor, and he force fills the tutor. It was just <laughs> like like yeah, it was, it was one of those spots where like the only card that you could have drawn to to get him out of that spot was the force of will, and it was exactly the card that he drew. Yeah, of course it was. It was yeah, it was one of those like yeah, you ever had it or didn't and Was this the person with the fully foiled that infect deck? No. Oh, there's another person. Yeah, there's a person with like like judge forces and like Ooh. foil everything and it was like really pretty. I think infect he, seems I like... think he had judge forces, but he didn't have but is, is the rest of his deck wasn't foiled. Oh was it not? No. There was definitely someone with like foiled infect, I think. Sweet. I mean infect seems like such a weird choice right now. Yeah, definitely. Especially considering like Red and Six is just ubiquitous in the format. Yeah. Just like, it's just everywhere. Um, unless you're me, apparently, when I didn't play against a single copy <laughs> over <laughs> nine rounds. Um, but yeah, it just seems so bad. Like, Infect seems so fragile and so poorly placed when everyone's trying to just, like, play removal spells and play Red and Six and play Wasteland. Yeah. Because I played against Infect as well um, and just absolutely butchered them. Yeah. Like, it wasn't close. There's, like, because I just got a red and six, and I just pick up all the creatures, and then I had a wasteland for the moth nexus, and then just like just nothing happened. Yeah, I mean, it's still gonna just like steal a game every now and then by like going off turn two, but mm-hmm. I just think like if if you're gonna be on that kind of deck, I'd rather just be on ant or something like that. Yeah, for sure. If you want like the turn two kills with like a ability to back it up, whether that's through counter spells or through horses or anything like that, just yeah. like, you just need you can't be soft to red and six at the moment. Yeah, for sure. I agree there, but. I think like, a, like at a GP, like it's it's probably fine to just play whatever. I mean, yeah, I think the amount of decks that I different decks I played against over the weekend and and had like you know varying degrees of success against kind of shows that you you can you can pretty much just play anything. And I don't know, I don't know. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It was it was cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I lost that one to Infect one two, uh, and then after that, I played against Elves, uh, Sweet. which I yeah, won that one two one. So I that- lost. I lost. I have a similar, I have a similar point to make about elves as well. I guess. Yeah. It seems again like if you're just kind of if you're trying to play some kind of combo deck, the creature based one just seems kind of bad. Yeah. Anyway, Carol. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I won the first one. Uh, I lost the second one to a Veil of Summer, uh, mm-hmm. and then won the third one quite easily. Yep. Yeah. It was. It was fine. Um, I think my my opponent had misplayed in that one in game three because uh, they'd cast like a uh, they'd cast a. a Thoughtsies, mm-hmm. and then they cast a Cabal Therapy, and they took like they took like an LED from my hand when I'd had like I had an Infernal Tutor in hand, I had an Infernal Tutor in hand, two Cabal Rituals, and an LED. And like they took the LED with the the the, uh, the Cabal Therapy, 
named LED. But they had a dryad arbor on board as well, and they didn't sack that to take the um, to take the the rituals. Well, like, yeah, you just you snap off the infernal tutor because the other three, other three cards are terrible. Yeah, you can sack the dryad arbor to cast another cabal therapy to take um, your cabal rituals if you want. Like, I mean, that means they definitely win the game. Like, there's very little you can do from there. Yeah. Um, but even with even if you don't do that, like you just take the infernal tutor and you have to rip it pretty much exactly infernal tutor, right? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, infernal tutor or I guess like a like a cantrip of some kind has to then yeah, find the infernal like tutor. Cantrip or like a like I don't know, past and flames and try to go off my graveyard or something. But yeah, I don't know. I just think it was a bit of a a bit of a misplay, but I, I managed to win that one. Mm-hmm. And then the final round of that event was I played against probably my favorite deck that I played against all weekend. And you already played against, played against Ant, so that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, this was Four Colour Snow. Oh, hell yeah. So it was playing um, zero dual lands. So its Excellent. mana base was entirely... It was four copies of Wasteland, and then it was fetch lands, including Prismatic Vista, uh, and snow-covered basics. And then it was playing four copies of, of Arkham's Astrolabe to, to fix the colours. That's sweet. It was just like, yeah, there's just this like really cool bizarre mana base and then just like all of the good cards so it was playing like main board Jason Mind Sculptor uh, Leo Vold Renan Six just yeah like all of the cards that are like $50 plus and <laughs> plus that get played in like Z-Dex <laughs> at the moment it was playing it was it was really cool yeah I mean between um, between Prismatic Vista uh, Astrolabe and Renan Six just like the colours of mana just aren't a problem even if you're yeah. not playing dual lands yeah, like it's just absurd. Like if you can cast if you cast Astrolabe turn one, Red and Six turn two, like it just doesn't matter anymore because you can just fix wherever you want. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, so I, I did, I lost that one, uh, that one one two. Uh, I think it was again like the game were were fairly close, but then in game three he landed like a Leovold, and that just spells disaster for my deck, unfortunately. Sure. Uh, yeah, I got, got talking to him quite a bit after, after the event. Even the guy who was playing it was, was really canny. Um, I think he'd three nilled like the double up the day before, like, playing that deck as well, which was was really cool. Sweet, three uh, nil. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, I just love that. It's it's a deck that plays like zero reserveless cards too. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I was a big big fan of that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the next event I played in, uh, I played against Death and Taxes round one. So this was the the second double up. Uh, I lost uh, zero two for that one. It was horrendous. Uh, <laughs> my opponent just played a turn two Thalia on the play, and then like there's nothing I can do against that in uh, yeah. in game one. Uh, and then game two, they game two went a bit longer, but then uh, I I went to combo off. And I cast an LED, and in, in response, they flashed in a Frexian Revoker, name and lines are diamond. So that was annoying. <laughs> that's sweet I like that a lot yeah the next turn they played a Sanctum Prigolate on four which meant I couldn't cast Tendrils or uh, or Empty the Warrens or Past and Flames just or anything massacre. really or Massacre yeah I was very sad that's that's. I mean that's pretty funny oh yeah it was pretty good <laughs> sweet uh, and yeah so I lost that one uh, 0-2 quite badly uh, round 2 I played against Rug Delver lost that one 0-2 uh, the first <laughs> one I just drew nothing but land like the only mm. cards that I drew that weren't land were 
uh, ponders, which I had to shuffle because there were three lands on top, and then drew land off them both times. Good God. Yeah, it was not fun. Uh, and game two, uh, I saw, yeah, like, like three turns, I saw like three Force of Will, two days in the Foster Storm. It was not, wow. it was not fun. It was not good. It was just bad. Uh, so yeah, I did. I lost that one O two as well. So then mm-hmm. that put me in the, the fantastic O two bracket where you can just play against pretty much anything. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I played against Mud. People are still playing Mud. Apparently, one guy was still playing Mud. Yeah, it was a that's impressive little thing. So I I lost the first one to um, he went turn one uh, ancient tomb chalice of the void on one. Mm. So I just conceded then on the spot. So I lost on turn one. Well, I lost on turn zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, game two, uh, I made eighteen one-one goblins on uh, on turn one, and Jeez. my opponent conceded to that. So that was quite good. Cool. Uh, in game three, he went uh, ancient tomb, grim monolith, trinosphere, and I went to concede. So I lost <laughs> that on game three, on, on turn zero as well. Yikes! Yeah. They were, like my hand was just full of one drops. There was there was no way I was gonna even get back into the game. So mm-hmm. yeah, I went O uh, three in the in the second double up. So that was fantastic value. <laughs> oh my god! Did you even get anything for that? No, no, nothing at all. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, the last event that I played in uh, was on the Sunday. Uh, I played against Mandela Stretch in round one, mm-hmm. which was really cool. Uh, so it was playing playing Hogak as it does and. It was it was just like that that matchup's just like a coin flip really. It's like you want to be on the draw, I think. Yeah, because because if they're on the draw, then they just go off a turn earlier. Yep. Uh, and it was it was fine. Uh, I I I won on turn two in the first game. Um, he made an insane amount of zombies on like turn two in the second game, and then. Uh, turn, yeah, game three, I think it was a little bit closer, but I just got gacked. You got gacked. I did got gacked? Got gacked. Can't even avoid it when you're not even playing modern. Nope, it's just everywhere. But I think it's a lot safer in legacy than it is in modern. Oh yeah, it's like very low on the scale of absolute nonsense you can do. Yeah. Uh, round two, I played against Death and Taxes, which I beat two 0 very easily. <laughs> nice. Yeah, just had the had the thought teasers right on time. Won the coin flip. Well, won the die roll, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. For the first game, took the Thalia. Yeah, it was great. That's sweet. And then round three, uh, I lost that. I lost that one zero two. I played against Sultai Rhino. Sultai Rhino. Sultai Rhino, a really really cool deck. Uh, so it was playing. Uh, it was Sultai colors. It was playing as foretold and crashing footfalls. That's sweet. Yeah. Uh, so it was playing the Ancestral Vision as well uh, to cast from the As, as Foretold. It was, yeah, it was really cool. So it was playing uh, like Baleful Strix. It played um, Ice Fang Quartle. Mm-hmm. And it was playing like Shardless Agent, which was it's really cool to see Shardless Agent seeing some play again. Yeah, absolutely. Like that card hasn't been playable for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it was really cool. It like... It just gets to three mana and then makes two rhinos instantly and draws loads of cards. Yeah, that's that's really sweet. It was sweet. It was a really cool, really cool deck. I hope it like it it lasts. I hope it's like a thing now. Yeah, Crashing Footballs has been like a card that 
seems incredibly powerful, incredibly playable. Yeah. It's just trying to find the right shell. I think I like it with uh, alongside Dreadhorde Arcanist. Yeah, yeah. Being able to cast it for free from the graveyard, like that's a sweet. I mean, obviously you've got to put it in the graveyard somehow, but um, that's a sweet combination. Obviously with uh, Shadow Sergeant as well, that's really sweet. Yeah, yeah. Getting to Cascade and what was really cool. Mm-hmm. So I like that deck a lot. It was pretty good and just just beat me or two. Um, <laughs> yep. Like I think the first one I was more kind of like. Like oh like what is this deck doing and then I suddenly oh here's a bunch of rhinos oh great right I'm dead now uh, <laughs> and then yeah game two I uh, lost game two to Veil of Summer well I didn't uh, I mean it was the rhino that killed me but yeah like the, the Veil of Summer was what stopped me from from going off and getting there sure but it was yeah it was sweet I don't think like, my record wasn't fantastic over the weekend there was uh, six wins nine losses nice but oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> I just realised that. <laughs> oh, okay, that that was that was a pretty nice result then. I'll take that. Hell, hell yeah! Is that in uh, that's in games, right? Or rounds? That's rounds. Yeah. Oh, rounds. Sure, you played all five, right? Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's not quite a seven-two, but it is definitely nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun though. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, I played in the chaos draft that just went horrendously. So <laughs> the least said about that, the better, I think. Oh man, it just seems like every time I had an interaction with you after you played some magic, I was just like, oh, how'd it go? And you're just like, oh, not good. Yeah. <laughs> so, like every time you just felt, it just seemed like the, the you know, the chips weren't falling your way. Yeah, they weren't, but it's going to happen sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. So so how do you feel about Ant now that Veil of Summer is a card? Uh, like obviously it's, it's a lot worse, but I still think you're just going to get like, you're just going to get games where you get to go off Turn one, turn two. Mm-hmm, yeah, I think it's. I think it's fine. Um, it's. I would happily just run it back and you know, cross my fingers that I get some some different matchups or get uh, playing against opponents that have slightly worse hands. <laughs> yeah, that's the dream, right? Just hoping your opponent just draws crap cards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, um, legacy is really good. Yeah, God, I love legacy so much. It's just it's. The best format, and it's not even close. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I played against all sorts of stuff. I'm trying. I've been trying to remember this whole time. So I played against Blue Black Shadow. Um, got brutalized by it once and destroyed it once. Nice. Uh, everything else was just like a sort of a fair, sort of mid rangey deck, I think, apart from the one show and tell opponent I had. Yeah. Who was um, really nice, really polite. We had a nice chat, but I got absolutely wrecked. So. <laughs> Just was no fun. Like I just like Maverick just can't beat Show and Tell. It's yeah. just not close. Because you're like you're like okay, play this Thalia. All right, okay, um, play this threat, and then they just go okay. I don't care about your Thalia. Make the Show and Tell. You're like, yeah, great, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an Emrakul. All right, cool, 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 nice. But yeah, what a great weekend. Yeah, definitely. Is it? I played against so many different decks, and I, I think I think Legacy has. I think Legacy is what modern wants to be. Like when people always talk about like how great and diverse modern is as a format. I think mm. that's. It, I think it's true that it is diverse. Like, there are lots of different decks you can play, but I don't think they're all good. I don't think they're all equal. Whereas in Legacy, it, it does feel like like genuinely you could pick one of about like ten or ten to twelve different decks and like three nil aside event in a GP like easily. Yeah, absolutely. Because like Maverick hasn't been on the, on the map for a while. Like it's it it's not a deck that's particularly well respected. Yeah. Even though I think it's 
one of the better decks in the format currently because just purely because it just has a reasonable match against basically everything yeah apart from um it's very very bad against show and tell <laughs> just just uh, embarrassingly bad against show and tell um either version and it's uh, kind of bad against like depths yeah because even though you have wastelands and stuff they're just they're so prepared for wastelands and plows that it's just embarrassing some of the time yeah um, but I just think it, just, it has at least 50% against like, basically every deck in the format. It's particularly good against the Delver decks, yeah. which is really sweet. Um, Team of Delver specifically, or Blue-Red Delver, just literally can't beat a Knight of the Resolve, uh, Resolve Knight of the Reliquary. Yeah, that card's pretty good. Like, if it's a 4-4, four, four, they just can't beat it. Like, they've got to, like, double bolt it, and just that feels terrible for them anyway. But yeah, you can basically play whatever you want. So there's, like, so what? There's um, Brainstorm decks. There's Chalice decks. Yeah. And there's, like... And I guess Wasteland decks, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Like your Daphne Dax is your Maverick, and like your Delver decks and stuff. Um, but even then, like, there's just so much. You see, like, I guess so. There's Brainstorm decks, Chalice decks, and Combo decks. I guess is kind of the separation I should go with, rather than Wasteland decks. Yeah, sure. Um, and then there's like your like, <clears throat> and then there are your Wasteland decks. It doesn't have to be three, does there? There can be more than three archetypes. <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of like, oh, the rule of three is a thing, so I should definitely just say three, despite the fact that it's not true. Yeah. Because um, Devon Taxes and, and, and Maverick and stuff are definitely still decks. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah, so you've got like the the depth decks, which like the the green white depth decks, which are currently like the thing. Yeah. They're really sweet yeah. with um, Elvish Reclaimer and Knight of the Reliquary. Yeah. It's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, then you've got like Eldrazi, uh, Red Prison, Barberman kind of decks where you're using, like, utilizing Chalice of the Void to try and like slow down your opponent quick enough to just assemble a combo win. Yeah. Or assemble enough of a threat for your opponent to be dead. Um, and then you just have like your brainstorm decks, which are like, I mean, Miracles has kind of fallen off a little bit, but you know, you've got your, your Delver decks and your Stoneblade decks. Um, and then just general Jace decks. Yeah. But this, this, but like even, but even within those things, there's just so much more you can play, and like you can turn it with pretty much any, everything. Like, um, one of my rounds was against goblins. Nice. I forgot about that. That was awesome. Oh, like, I wish, I wish I'd played against goblins this weekend. Oh, game one, they made a turn, turn four Krenko with haste. <laughs> I was just like, Jesus Christ! Nice. Like the uh, the format of Krenko from M13. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, uh, right, May eight goblins, and I was just like, I'm just conceding. This is fine. <laughs> you do not have to go any further. Um, I ended up winning that round though. Um, but yeah, there's just stuff like that, and then uh, there's also like Nick Fick decks. I uh, saw a Nick Fick deck playing no dual lands, which is yeah. like Jund Nick Fick with. Um, I don't know if they're playing Renin Six actually, but yeah, they're like it was just a sweet deck, and just all sorts of stuff going on, and they're all kind of different, and they all play similarly, and like there's grindy decks, and there's combo decks, and there's like your tempo decks, and like, it has every flavor of deck. Like yeah. there's not an archetype that isn't represented, like control decks are everywhere, with a four-color control deck and miracles and stuff. Just every everything is represented. Um, and I think that's... I'm not sure whether that's where modern wants to be, but I think it's the kind of thing that modern modern players are pretending that modern is. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a better way of, a way of putting it. Because it's just, just like, oh yeah, there's so many decks. It's like, there's the Urza deck, and there's Hogak, and there's Phoenix, and there's Tron, and there's like, they're all the same deck. They just have different cards in them. Yeah. Whereas like Legacy is like they're all very different decks that play very differently but all compete. Yeah. Because of the existence of Force of Will, Days and Wasteland. Right? Like those cards facilitate a format that's fair and interactive, and you can play your turn one, turn two combo decks. Yeah, absolutely. Those just can't those can't just go hog wild like they can in modern because there's like a real cost of playing them because people are playing Force of Will and Days and Wasteland to a certain extent. But if you just 
<laughs> if they just have a force you just lose the game yeah it's that just that extra level of interaction that the format has that modern doesn't really you know, I think like the thing that really makes it I think that's really noticeable for me is that like in, in Legacy your, your choices matter like in modern it feels like they don't at all like you, you just both sat there wanting to do whatever your thing is you're not really conscious about what your opponent's doing you yeah, it just, just doesn't wanna, matter. You know, you want to do your thing faster than they do. You don't care yeah, what like, they're doing, just how fast they're doing it. So I was playing a game against um, Blue White Delver Blade. Yeah. And on turn two of game two, I had a Scrib Ranger and a Giver of Runes in play. Mm. And my opponent had uh, a Stoneforge Mystic with an Umazawa's GT on it. Yeah. Well, no, they had a Stoneforge Mystic and an Umazawa's GT that they were going to equip next turn. Um, and instead, that's uh, so why I decided to attack with my Scrib Ranger to get one point of damage. Yeah. Um, and that was on turn two. But they untapped, equipped the GTA to the Stoneforge Mystic, attacked me, and got two counters in the GTA, um, killed my Giver of Runes. Yeah. I was like, okay, what I could have done is not attacked with my Scrib Ranger, held it up to block the Stoneforge Mystic, and given it protection with my Giver of Runes so that the GTA doesn't get counters. Yeah, yeah. Right, and I just felt like I lost the game from that point, just because of that one decision that I'd made on turn two. Yeah, um, and it just everything went badly from there because they, then they just had an active GTA that just was just picking off all my creatures because they'd killed the Giver of Runes, and then I just couldn't resolve another Mother of Runes. I couldn't resolve Thalia or uh, like even a Noble Hierarch because it just died immediately. Yeah, I ended up winning that game because Knight of the Reliquary is an absurd card, and my opponent didn't draw swords. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was sweet. But it just like the decisions actually matter, and yeah. then you get to, and like that's the thing. It wasn't just like I made that mistake and then the game was over. It's like I made the mistake and then I had to claw my way back, and I was able to. Yeah, but that doesn't happen in modern. No, no. <laughs> like if you stumble in modern, you lose because you didn't assemble your combo correctly or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. You just you lose because you have to wait an extra turn to to do whatever you were going to do, and you don't have a you don't have a turn to spare because you don't have any way to interact. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, if I punt, like, I punt in a legacy and then still manage to call my way back, because the facility allows that. Yeah. And you know, allowing, I guess, allowing mistakes is an interesting conversation. But like, it allows suboptimal plays as long as you play well for the rest of the game and get it back. Yeah, sure. There is, there's, you know, there's there's a margin for error, right? Yeah, yeah, it allows for a margin of error. And I'm not sure whether that's a good or a bad thing, but like, I I like the idea that potentially incorrect choices that seem like good choices like good decision making isn't completely punished by you just immediately losing the game yeah for sure you're able to play like you're able to play magic and, and interact and, and have good games and not just be like oh I messed up I'm dead yeah which is how modern feels and like I don't know everyone I spoke to like pretty much everyone I spoke to about who was playing the main event or was playing modern side events like yeah I'm enjoying the format I'm enjoying uh, the game um, I'm enjoying the games I'm playing um, but then there was always that, like, oh yeah, my opponent had Land of the Void, so I lost. I'm like, uh, how is that fun? <laughs> how is that? There's, there's nothing like that in Legacy, particularly. Like, there's Chalice for you, but there's ways to beat it, right? Because you have Echoing Truth or Chain of Vapor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Abrupt Decay, Chain of Vapor, Echoing Truth. Like, there are so many ways to beat it. And, like, yeah. Not necessarily turn one, but even if that, if, like, if that's the case, and like, that's fine because I can still just win on turn one sometimes anyway. Like, yeah, I just I don't I don't know. Like, there's no there's no safety valve in modern. Yeah, the safety valve appears to be the ban list, and yeah. I don't think that's a good thing. That feels more like Yu-Gi-Oh than it does Magic. 
yeah agreed because that's how Yu-Gi-Oh works it's just like oh this card's too good ban it get rid of it whatever that's fine oh it's happening again get rid of it whereas Legacy is just like we haven't had to have any bans since um Deathrite Shaman yeah, yeah Deathrite Shaman and, and Gataxian Probe the same time we haven't had any bans since then before. like obviously the format isn't widely as like as widely played as widely supported yeah um as modern but if as someone that plays it a lot and has played a lot the past weekend and consumes a lot of content and seems looks a lot of you know deck lists online and whatever and on reddit and the format just feels so just so healthy like there's no deck that's running away with things there's decks that are certainly dominant there's decks that are certainly good yeah um i'm still under the impression that currently um team adelva is probably the best deck in the format agreed i think yeah um, but the Hogak Depths deck is certainly interesting and certainly like making waves. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's definitely a uh, the, a build of Nick Fit that's probably busted. Yeah. Honestly, that's I, probably like really good. I I do just think like you could pretty much just play anything like as long as you know, as long as you know your deck inside out. Yep. You could play. You could actually just just play pretty much anything. That's my favorite thing about Legacy. One hundred percent is that I don't have to f- switch between decks. I don't have to learn new decks. I can just know my deck. Yeah. My deck will always be kind of good. I mean, there was a time when Maverick was just absolute, absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, but that time is over. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can just pick a deck and just like, just play it. Yeah. And just know it. And you'll win games and you'll do well and you'll have fun. And that's the main thing. And legacy players are so nice. Yeah, absolutely. Every, everyone I spoke to this weekend was just so, so pleasant. Yeah, I I find that just seems to be the case across the board. Like, I don't really think I've ever really had a bad interaction with anybody while I've been playing Legacy. And every modern player I spoke to this weekend was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's not remotely true. No, that's not true at all. No, no every commander player I spoke to was an asshole. That. <laughs> that's, that's also not true. <laughs> um, yeah, Legacy's Legacy's amazing, man. It is so so good. It is. Um, yeah, I, th- I think. Next week we're we're going to do a, a much more sort of deeper dive on Legacy. Um, I, I think uh, it's been pretty inspiring. I think been, <coughs> the amount I've been playing it over the weekend and just thinking mm-hmm. about like things I want to sort of talk about or sort of explore within the, the format. And yeah, I, I think it's it's a format that obviously does have some accessibility problems, but I, I don't mm-hmm. think it's impossible, especially not if you already have like a modern collection. Yeah, absolutely. This is the thing. I just don't have a collection anymore. Yeah. Because I've invested, invested. <laughs> it always feels like it's such a stupid word. Uh, because I've I've put all my value and, and whatever into dual lands, so I can have the legacy deck that I want. Yeah. Um. So I have a modern deck, which is uh, crap, but whatever. It's another modern deck I own if I have to play modern. And I've commanded decks, and I have a legacy deck, and that's it. I don't just have cards sitting around anymore. Um. Got rid of the rest of those at the GP. Um. But yeah, like it was just it was the time. I think it was uh, the double up on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. The double up on Sunday. Um, it was round one. So I put across from my opponent. We played game one, and it was like a grindy game. They were on uh, blue white stone blade, and we'd had like a really nice conversation beforehand while we were like shuffling before we were told how, like that we could start the event. So like, talking about legacy, talking about how fun it was, talking about how much we enjoyed magic, um, and then I just like looking, just like looking around at the other tables and just seeing these people having like really like really good fun playing magic and everyone seeming really happy and having smiles on their face and just like there's a genuine feeling of joy just at how great it was. Yeah, for sure. 
And that sounds kind of sappy. <laughs> but it's genuinely true. Like, I genuinely was like, this is so great. I'm just having a great time. And I don't think I'd have felt like that if I was in, like, playing day two of a modern GP, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely agree, though. Yeah, I mean, that was that was my experience of the weekend, honestly. Like, there were loads of um, people wearing, like, Pride t-shirts yeah. and hoodies, which were really cool. So, like, they were from the, the Legion Supply booth with the word Pride, with a Planeswalker symbol in the pride flag colors yeah just seeing, seeing all of those around was really really nice lots of people wearing the um i'll go with you badges still even yeah. though they were available at the, at the event which is awesome um yeah the, the, the same person i was having um i had that game against was like was making a comment about the and he was just like you know um and like i don't know a, a, a white guy and he's like in his 40s and he was just talking very positively, positively about the whole thing and just being like, oh, it's such a shame that these things have to exist, but it's such a good thing that they do and like all of these things. Just like magic plays are so good. Yeah. God, I love magic so much. <laughs> it's so great. The magic community continues to impress me every day. Even if commander players do suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to ghost that much, but... No, it was it was, it was was great. I think like mm-hmm. there, were, there were definitely a lot of both positives and negatives to... To the event as a whole, but I, I think the positives definitely outweigh the negatives. Yeah, from yeah, from my I think from, from like sort of interactions with people and, and games I played and and just like just the magic community in general and like the judge community as well. It was all just just fantastic. I think my only oh, gripes yeah, yeah. really are on the, the I guess the the organization or like the, the the TO side of things. Really, like it would have been cooler to have like a like a bit of a bigger hall because i did do think that it felt a bit cramped at times it, it really did yeah especially when um day one of the gp was going on it was it felt so claustrophobic in there and so warm yeah um yeah obviously uh, uh <laughs> always a shout out to the judge community continue to be incredible yeah agreed um but yeah from my personal experience how i spent my my gp weekend right and i think how you spent your gp weekend as well it was all positives right oh 100 percent yeah um but do we want to talk about the actual GP itself? I guess so. Um, the Hogak continues to dominate. Who'd have thought? Who'd have, who'd have thunk it, eh? Uh, <sighs> yeah, we had uh, the... I didn't see the meta for breakdown for day one, but going in day two, Hogak was 22% of the field. Uh, day one, Hogak was 10.3% of the field. Okay. So that conversion rate is uh, nice. nice. Yeah. yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it, the day one, the day one metagame breakdown was essentially the day two snapshot as well. Both of them are available on Channel Fireball's Twitter if anyone was interested. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the conversion rate of Hogak was just absurd. Absolutely, because um, that's thing. Because loads of people turned up with it on day one because it's just de facto the best deck in the format. That's not remotely close. Yeah, if you're playing modern, you should probably be playing Hogak. Yeah, I, I don't understand people that aren't. It's yeah, it's not even like. A reasonably warm take. It's just like it's I, just fun at this like, point. Like if you're playing, if you're playing modern, you should play Hogak. This thing, like, I think Tron is very good. I think the Urza deck. I think the Urza deck might be a problem as I, well. I think it may be a problem after the ban Hogak, but I think yeah, we'll I think Urza as a card is almost certainly a problem once they eventually ban Hogak, which we assume is going to happen after GP Vegas. Yeah, oh, but yeah, I, I, I just, would I'd be, I would bet money on it at this point, definitely. Oh, how much would I bet? 69p. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take that bet. No, wait, £4.20. <laughs> £4.20? £4.20 that Hogak will be banned uh, on the Monday after GP Vegas, absolutely. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you get that. Yeah. And if it isn't banned on the Monday after GP Vegas, which obviously definitely will, um, <laughs> I'll buy you your own set of Veil of Summers. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's just I, I, I think just you should play Hogak. You just if you're looking to win the event, then you should just be playing Hogak. It's uh, obviously Hogak didn't win the event. <laughs> no, but it did come second. <clears throat> it did come second. They put three copies in the top eight. Um, but yeah, that was just that was the format, and every conversation I had about modern was just, "What's your plan for Hogak?" Oh, my plan for Hogak is this. Oh, I played against Hogak, and like, it's just the deck. Yeah. Um, it's what it's what you have to beat, and I, I think the best way to beat it is just play it yourself, play it better. Yeah, and just know what you're doing, know know what you're doing post board, and know what your plan is, um, rather than trying to find a deck that beats it. Because I just think, like, you can play Lane and the Voids in whatever deck you want, but I just think you should be playing Hogak. Yeah. Um, but that's not going to matter because there's no big tournament outside of Vegas coming up um, until it gets banned. So it'll get, it'll get banned on the Monday after. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just, it just has to, right? Absolutely. Yeah, there's just, it just has to. Like, all these people talking about, like, there's, there's a conversation for Faithless Looting, and I understand that, and I understand the argument, but I just don't think it's correct. Because I think, like I've said before, like, I think with Faithless Looting, you, you have to rebuild the format from the ground up if that card goes, yeah. because the entire format's dependent on it. Um, so I think, it, like, if you want to completely redesign modern and make it a better format and build it how you how Watsy want it to be or how the player base wants it to be, whether you want it to be more like Legacy, where it's just grindy, interactive games and it's good fun like it used to be, um, then sure you can ban Favors Looting, but a lot of hard work has to go into that. And I think there's a lot of fluctuation in finance from that point of view. I think a lot of cards change. Yeah, I think I, th- I think like it's such if, a big. If they, if they want to ban things to the point where they're changing formats, then I think they just need to ban. Like lots of cards, like mm-hmm. you know, maybe, maybe in the realms of like five to ten cards. And yeah, I, I think just, we... I just don't think that is that is something that you should be doing to any format, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I think they should do that. I, I am in favor of banning Faithless Looting, um, unbanning Stoneforge Mystic and Splinter Twin. Yep. and just rebuilding the format, yeah. just making it completely different to how it's not like it's so it'll be unrecognizable. Um, so you get to have mid-range decks again and you, you get to have your Splinter Twin being like the, the fun police of the format yeah, um, and stuff like that and like I mean, I'm for that but I just think it's such a big shift you just like it's not reasonable to do um, especially not just the combat Hogak because then if you do that then uh, the Urza deck just becomes absurd yeah um, I mean it's just so much yeah I just ban Hogak just get that out and then see how the meta settles because people people like the format as it is people like the consistent turn 3 no interaction wins like and if that's what people want to play, that's fine. Because I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you should mould modern to what I want to play. And if if enough people, enough vocal people are enjoying the format, and want it to exist, where you're just butting heads and trying to beat the crap out of each other before they beat the crap out of you, then sure, like if that's what people want, that's fine. But I think if you if you if you're getting rid of Faithless Looting, there's a lot more than just get rid of the card because the whole format changes. Yeah, it, it is the it is the modern brainstorm. Um, because the format is just so heavily put on graveyard decks and interactions like that. Sure. Anyway, modern seem miserable, but as out of the GP, some there were some sweet decks, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people uh, that definitely weren't playing Hogak, but were definitely trying to have as much fun as possible. Yeah, but they were still putting up some some decent results. Oh yeah, absolutely. So we saw like uh, a couple of interesting decks. I, I thought that made it to day two. Mm-hmm. Uh, was I guess. Let's talk about the uh, the horse in the room, right? The horse in the room. Yeah. Eldritch yeah, so, horse. 
That was the thing. So on uh, at the start of uh, on Sunday morning, there was a Channel Five released the day, day two metagame breakdown, and in the other section of the decks was a deck entitled Eldritch Horse. <laughs> <laughs> so we were sitting in the car driving to Sainsbury's <laughs> to get some snacks, and just like, what the hell is that? What could that possibly mean? And I was like racking my brain for playable horses, and just like, okay, so I guess Eldritch means Eldritch Evolution, right? Yeah. And then I guess horse, like the only playable horse I can possibly think of is like crested sun mare yeah. off of hour of devastation i was like wow it actually is that because they did a deck tech and that's what the deck is yeah it's um, it, like i mean the deck's really cool like is it playing yeah. like, like four birds of paradise four kitchen finks like kitchen finks plus ultra revolution plus crested sun mare just seems amazing oh this is the most me deck ever yeah i wish i was playing, i wish i was playing this yeah like uh, corsair crufix uh shalai limbala Tristani Selesnia's voice, like three copies of Scoos, four Noble Hierarchs, two Spike Feeders, Sigarda Hoster. Her- yeah, like it's just like yeah, it is it's the just you deck ever. So it's even just playing, the most playing a pair of oofs in the sideboard. Yeah, hell yeah! Like it's just so. In case you don't know what Crested Sunmare does, <laughs> it's three white white for a five five horse. Yep. Other horses you control have indestructible. Yep. At the beginning of each end step, if you gained life this turn, create a five-five white horse creature token. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> so it's fine, right? <laughs> so basically, I'm assuming the the most ideal play pattern is he's, he's playing Archage of Thune, right? Yeah. Right. That deck. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's got Archage go of Spike Thune, Feeder. Spike Feeder combo in there yeah, as sure. well. Yeah. Of course, that's sweet. Um, so that's that's a way to win the game with Archage Evolution. Um, but yeah, I guess like being able to go turn one Birds of Paradise. Turn two Kitchen Finks, turn three Eldritch Evolution. This Kitchen Finks into a Crested Sun Mare. Then obviously the Kitchen Finks comes back with Persist, and you already gain life, so you make two horses. Yep. And you just have two ten tens, one of which has Indestructible, and just tells Hogak to go away. <laughs> like it just seems so sweet. It's just, it's just a value deck, and it just it seems really sweet. And then it just also has the Infinite Combo, um, which is really really cool. So a big fan of that deck. And what was the what was the final record of that deck? I can't it remember. It was eight seven. Eight seven, like day two. It did, yeah, day two. <laughs> We've got damn crested sun man. Crested sun like, It's so sweet. Yeah, um, so it wasn't the only strange deck though. No, we also not. saw uh, at nine six, so a slightly better record. Mm-hmm. Was, is it rhinos? Yeah. So when I first saw that, I was like, oh, when I think of rhino, I think of siege rhino. Yeah. Which is Absan. How the hell have we got? Is it rhinos? Yeah, I looked at like the. List like I looked at like uh, like rhinos on Gavara and was like, there aren't any, there aren't any rhinos that are both red and blue. There aren't like there's like one blue rhino, well one one rhino with blue in it, and one mm-hmm. rhino or like two rhinos with red in in, in it. And it's like it can't be them because like they also have green in their colours. Yeah. What like, what what is what is is it rhinos? Yeah, it turns out it's just uh, crashing footfalls. Yeah, <laughs> that you just cast for free and make two four fours. <laughs> yeah, so just like that legacy deck that I played against, it was there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, as foretold. Yep. Four copies of crashing footfalls. Hell yeah! Make two four four green rhinos. For zero mana. Yeah. Yeah, it seems pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Production results as well. It's which is sweet. I mean, yeah, the fact that it went nine six is 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 awesome. But like, yeah, the deck deck was really cool. Place set a Simeon Spirit Guide. Uh, three Dreadhorde Arcanist, one Flame Slash, yeah, play yeah. set of As Foretold, uh, three Ancestral Vision, one Echo and Truth, uh, four Slight of Hand, four Serum Visions, four Lightning Bolts, four Force Negation, four Electro Dominance, four Crushing Footfalls, and three Sphinx of Foresight. 
That's the one that scries in your opening hand, right? Yeah, yeah. If you reel it in your opening hand, you can scry three at the beginning of your first upkeep. <laughs> four mana, four, four flyer. This deck's so at stupid. At the beginning of your upkeep, scry one. This deck's so stupid, I love it. Yeah. So good. Yes, that was sweet. Um, and I believe also at nine and six, we had uh, Slivers. Yeah, we did, yeah. Slivers making an appearance. Yeah. I think it was like, nine and six, five close Slivers. Yeah, like this is the first time I've. I think there's been a reasonable or like a noteworthy result for a sliver stack since um, Modern Horizons, right? Yeah. So that's really sweet. Is it Cloud Thresher Sliver? The red white one that gives flying and haste? Yeah, yeah. Cloud something sliver. Some kind of flying hasty sliver that gives other slivers it is flying. Cloud, cloud Shredder. Cloud Shredder, Shredder Sliver. Shredder, I said Thresher. That's not, oh, Cloud Thresher's a card, isn't it? Yeah. From Lawwen. Cloud Thresher with the four green pips. Yeah, it's a big green thing, I'm, yeah. I know, I know magic cards. <laughs> um. Yeah, it sounds like that card's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're already playing, like, Girl Riders Liver to give them flying. Just give them haste as well. Seems pretty good. Yeah, it's fantastic, really. Yeah, so it's it's, it's good, even though Modern is a complete garbage fire, um, which someone decided to mock me for saying on Facebook. That was fun. Um, but people are still having fun. That's cool. Yeah, definitely. I think the... Out of all the strange decks, though, the best one, I think the one that performed the best, mm-hmm. uh, at 11-3-1, was yep. uh, Bant Soul Herder. Yeah, this is a deck that's been it's been kicking around for like a while, like at yeah. least a few weeks, maybe a month. Um, and it's just a pile. It's just a pile. Like it's just value. Yeah, this kind of looks like a very U deck as well. Yeah, it's really sweet. Um, so you're just like playing a bunch of ETB cards, um, and like with your eternal witness and stuff. Yeah, you've got so you've you've got your lands or a lot. You're playing a lot of basics. There's a lot of snow cover basics. You've got one Knight of Autumn, you've got one Thragtusk, you've got a playset of Coiling Oracle, you've got a Deputy of Detention, three Eternal Witness, four Ice Fan Quartal, four Soul Herders, four Wall of Blossom, two Jace the Mind Sculptor, one Condemn, one Benta, Shaper Savant, uh, four copies of uh, Ephemerate, four mm-hmm. Force of Negation, and four Path to Exile. That's your main board. Yeah. So it's playing Moldrifter, right? Moldrifter? Uh, is not no oh man it's so good because if you go um if you play a moldrifter on turn three like evoke it yeah or, or like on turn four i guess you evoke a moldrifter on turn on, on turn four and then with the evoke trigger on the stack you ephemerate it yeah then it comes back as a creature so it's still a two two with flying so you draw four cards and then with the ephemerate with the rebound you draw two more cards that's basically the play pattern right ephemerate is just a stupid magic card that's pretty, you, pretty cool yeah, like a Thragtusk with an Ephemerate. Yeah. <laughs> with a Soul Herder in play is just like absurd amounts of value. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Yeah, and I guess like it's it's when it's like, like you know, Modern is a degenerate turn three combo format currently, but it has a really hard time beating a clutter. Like, you know, Hogak has a hard time beating a clutter board, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you just get all the value every time, like blinking things that gain your life, like Knight of Warp or something like that, or the Thragtusk, like and getting stuff back with Eternal Witness like Ephemerate Eternal Witness is just stupid yeah it sounds you fantastic you continue to get, to get that kind of stuff like there's just so many stupid play patterns in that deck and it's just all about value and, and clogging up the board um, so yeah that deck's really sweet but it's been, it's been kicking around for a while so it's nice to see someone put like, an actual result on a GP with it yeah for sure which is really really cool yeah so the 11-3-1 is, is just absolutely fantastic really yeah absolutely it's amazing it's really sweet. There's still some good stuff going on in modern, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the the top eight kind of just looked like 
what you would expect from any top 8 in modern currently anyway really. So you had uh, three copies of Hogak, there was one Hardened Scales, one Burn, one Blue White Control, one Urza, and one Mardu Shadow. The Mardu Shadow deck is sweet. Yeah, it is sweet. Yeah, it got I right down to the finals, which was um, was Simon Nielsen on Hogak against uh, Rory Kersmith on Mardu Shadow. Uh, and Mardu Shadow managed to win the event, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Ranger Captain doing arse is a hell of a magic card. Agreed, yeah. It's just so good. Just find this Death Shadow, play this Death Shadow in your upkeep, sacrifice this Ranger Captain real so you can't do anything about it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I got got with that at FNM a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> like, played a Ranger Captain Vios to get a Death Shadow, and I was playing Infect, and I had, like, Lethan in play with a Blighted Agent, and I was like, play a Death Shadow in your upkeep, sacrifice this Ranger Captain Vios. I was like, oh, I can't win. Because <laughs> <laughs> nice. I can't cast any hungry just spells. Um, yeah, that's sweet. I just wish modern was less like that. Yeah, where, where like where decks like you know green white or value decks and stuff were less of a story and more of just how the format was. Yeah, like I wish I wasn't amazed by like a spike feeder archangel of thune eldritch evolution deck or like a ephemerate thragtos deck. I wish I wish that was just sort of how modern was played rather than just like a story that we have to do deck decks on. Yeah, you know it's kind of a shame. It is. Oh well. But, you know. So that was the that was the Magic Fest in a, in mm-hmm. a nutshell, I guess. Really, yeah. uh, I think overall it was it was it was a fantastic weekend. I had. I think the event was definitely mostly good, definitely more good than than bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I think despite the the bigger picture of, sort of Magic organized play, I, I guess, and and I think Magic still it's it's still alive and kicking. Yeah, we did yeah, get a big organised play announcement um, just before just before the Magic Vest uh, on, on like the Thursday, and there was there was a lot, right? There was there was a lot to kind of go through. Um, I don't think we we really don't have time to sort of go in with this week, but I think it's very good to see that we have clear paths going forward in both uh, tabletop Magic and uh, Magic Arena. Yeah, I think if, if if that's something you're interested in finding out more about, like it's certainly um, interesting. Like it generally, from what I've gathered from people I've spoken to and from what I can see, the organised play announcement seems very good. Yeah, um, certainly better than what we've had recently. Um, if you like, there's a, a very good like article, like announcement thing from Wizards themselves, and there's certainly a lot of content on it that you can go and find. Um, yeah, trying to give like a quick rundown of vaguely what it means. So I, I think the the best thing that I've seen on sort of the Wizards of the Coast article was like a it was a graphic that sort of breaks down all of the the opportunities to compete. They call uh, where it, it nicely splits the graphic in in two. So on the left hand, you've got um, Magic the Gathering, uh, which is all of the tabletop events and Magic Online events. And on the right hand, you've got uh, Magic the Gathering Arena, which is all of the arena stuff. And then it's it's kind of like I guess a pyramid really with, with worlds right at the very top of the pyramid. So that's your that's the end goal for everybody, no matter what level of, of the game you're at. That's the you know the be all end all. That is where the ultimate prize is. That'll be mm-hmm. sort of the end of the season every year. Yeah, so then looking down the the tabletop side of things, um, to get to worlds, you have to win uh, the Magic Players Tour. So yes. the, the players to a finals are sort of the event the event which leads into worlds, which is kind of like it's kind of like the Pro Tour. It's what the Pro Tour was, but it's gonna be smaller than the Pro Tour was. Mm-hmm. 
but there are three separate events that lead into the Pro Tour Finals. Uh, sorry, the Players Tour Finals, and they're the Players Tours. So these are slightly larger events than what Pro Tours have been in the past, and they're somewhere kind of in between what your your old PTQs were and what the Pro Tour was. So they're mm-hmm. they're bigger than a Pro Tour, but I'd say as competitive. Uh, so there are three of those. Uh, so there's one per per region. So they've got the Americas, they've got Europe, and they've got Asia Pacific. Yep. And you can only play in the one that you're qualified for, and you qualify for them uh, by playing in a bunch of different events. So you've got player tour qualifiers, so PTQs. So they are just like what we've we've had already. Uh, yep. Get them at the, the PTQs you get at uh, Grand Prix at Magic Fest, but then you also get them uh, some of these sort of larger stores or premier premier was it premier or premier premium. <laughs> I don't know what. Whatever you want. There's so many words. Whatever like the 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 premium WPN stores. Uh, they can host uh, a direct PTQ like that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we've we've had a couple for sort of this year's events. Uh, like some of the larger TOs have run, like Axina run run them, and um, I can't remember who who ran the one in Sheffield that I went to. <laughs> uh, someone, some yeah, somebody. It was fine. It was good. Um, yeah. So you got those, then you got WPN qualifiers, which any store in the WPN can host. Uh, or yep. at least can apply to host them. Uh, right. They've changed some of the, the prize structure in that, in some of the communication from Wizards. So one of the, uh, one of the I guess, caveats is that you have to have the travel arrangements, so like your travel bursary, so your flights or whatever, uh, has to be included in, in the prize for the, the first place in those events, uh, if you are to host those events as, as a store. Mm-hmm. So that's cool, that's a nice inclusion. It means that if you win one, you will get to the, the player's tour regardless. Yep. Uh, and then another path they have, uh, which they're including now, is the Premier Series. So that can be it's a bunch of different things. So in America, they've got like the Star City Tour, that's the Premier Series. There's like the Magic Card Market Series in Europe. Uh, there's a, a few other globally. So those series of, of slash events feed directly into the players doing now. Uh, you can also win, if you top eight a Grand Prix at a Magic Fest, you qualify for the players tour in that region. Uh, but then if you win a Grand Prix to Magic Fest, you go straight to the Players Tour Finals. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you've got uh, Magic Online qualification, so you can win the, the mocks or the, the the format playoffs or that sort of equivalent event that'll get you to the Players Tour as well. Yep. So we have, at least for, for Tabletop there, we have a, a very clear, I think, sort of direct path. You know what your, your first level is and you know how to progress through the different levels. Then yes. on the arena side of things, we finally, finally sort of know what an MPL is. Yeah, we have a vague idea, right? Yeah, we do. So they have a they have a system. It it is I guess it's a little bit similar to the tabletop system in some ways, and that it's sort of tiered, and each event feeds into another one. Uh, but I guess we're going to start from the bottom up with with the arena one. I think it'll be a little bit easier to pass that way. Uh, the the top. 1200 ranked players and limited and constructed uh, they qualify for mythic qualifier weekend uh, you'll also have mythic point challenges as well that they will qualify for uh, then if you win a mythic point challenge or if you win a mythic qualifier uh, that can 
that gets you invited to the Mythic Invitational. So that's their version of like the, the players to a finals. Yep. Uh, and then if you win the Mythic Invitational, that's when you get to Worlds. Uh, they Sweet. also have another thing, which is the Rivals Mythic Qualifier, uh, which is, is is something new. So obviously you had the MPL before, the Magic Pro League. And now you have the now you have the the MPL Rivals League as well. So that's like a a lower league, I guess. So it's like it's like a a league that you can get relegated to from the MPL. So you can move down into the Rivals League if you don't do particularly well, and you can move up from the Rivals League into the MPL. Uh, there were various different ways to do that, and it's all about sort of mythic points. And I uh, I haven't quite got my head around how that whole system works yet, but that's not one that I'm particularly concerned about myself because I, I can't imagine I'm ever ever going to be in that position ever mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. at least it's something right we know people can move up into the MPL and down out of the MPL and, and it's not just a case of like oh you, you you haven't gained enough points to stay in the MPL now you're back as, as a challenger like everybody else now now it's like oh no now you've been re- relegated to this smaller league with a with a larger pool where you can you know you can try to claw your way back up it's not just like a steep drop to the bottom you actually know things now which is actually kind of refreshing right it's good yeah i think it's it's, it's really good to have all of this information to see it and i think this this particular graphic that they've put up the opportunities to compete one is just, just fantastic it's all it's all there it's all visible uh, you can see it all if you go to magic.gg. They've got a, a nice breakdown of, of the new system and the graphic there. Uh, I think one of my favourite breakdowns as well is if you look at uh, Willie Adel's Twitter account, he's he's broken down all of the information in nice sort of bite-sized tweets. Really sort of... He's put together nicely. It makes it quite easy to understand. And then mm-hmm. also the, the Pro Points podcast had quite a, quite a good episode about it this week, sort of breaking it down from from somebody who was who was in the MPL from their sort of perspective, uh, and then the bandwagon on YouTube. So LSV and Matt Nass did a nice breakdown, sort of from the other angle of like somebody who, somebody who's new to the system, somebody who has zero points starting from nowhere. So sort of what it all means to them. It's really sweet. There's there's a lot of content out there. Yeah, um, Matt, it's just nice to have an announcement from Watsy that sort of has. I mean, almost all of the information where it like, feels like a good announcement where like they're, they're actually communicating with us and telling us what's going on and like we know things that we've wanted to know for a while and yeah. rather than all this guesswork and speculation and stuff, just being like, this is how it works and we, we, we've thought about it and we, like, we're telling you exactly what's going on and what, what, you know, what the steps are and what's happening. Yeah. Which is nice. It's it nice is. to know stuff. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It's just, it is, it's just, it's just nice to know. It's nice to have all of the information and, Shout out to whoever put that graphic together. I'm sure. I'm sure they deserve a raise. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually a very good and informative graphic, which yeah. is nice. awesome. So I think it's pretty much all we had time for this week. It's been a, a bit of a long one, uh, but it's cool just to sort of run down the the Magic Fest and talk about our experience there. And I would definitely recommend heading out to a Magic Fest in your area if there is one anytime soon. I mean, I'm just waiting for GP Glasgow. Yeah, that's 100 percent what what we want next year. Give us, give us a GP Glasgow, please, Wizards. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah, I want a GP Glasgow with a legacy main event. Oof, yeah, because I want an excuse to go to Glasgow. I want it to be a GP in Scotland, and I want to play legacy. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all I want. Is that so unreasonable? <laughs> and I want, yeah, because Scottish magic is amazing. So, you know, I, I want to go experience 
a, a room full of Scottish magic players. Yeah, I I just think it would be a great story. Like, yeah, like Gary Campbell defending his his legacy his legacy GP crown on his home turf. I think it would be yeah, great. Absolutely, be so good. Please, this is all I want. <laughs> awesome. So that's pretty much all we have time for this week. If you want to get in touch, tell us about your thoughts and feels. Were you at Magic Fest Birmingham? Uh, if you were, did you say hi? Shout out if you did. Um, what, yeah, what, did you play in the modern event? What did you play in? Did you pick up anything cool at the weekend? I know I certainly didn't buy anything, which is unusual. But yeah, I did I bought, sell like, some things. Yeah. Yeah, I bought, I, yeah, I got. Uh, a Valakut nice. <laughs> I got a, pris- a Prismatic Omen and I literally, literally can't remember what the other card was it wasn't important I bought like nothing <laughs> nice. which is refreshing for me yeah sweet so uh, yeah if you want to get in touch reach out to us on social media we are at HRFDcast on Twitter or facebook.com slash HRFDcast you can also hit us up on Patreon as well if you enjoy what you listen to and want to give anything back in return. Uh, tiers on there start from as little as $1 per month, which is roughly 20 to $0.25 cents per episode. You can find that at patreon.com slash devastation. If you want to get at me on my own personal social media, I am at peachgardenoaf on Twitter or Joe Loudon on Facebook. You'll find me in pretty much just any of the magic groups. You can find me on Twitter at snail69. Nice. Thank you. S-N-E-A-L. Six nine. Nice. Um, my <laughs> my. Are we just saying nice after six nine now? <laughs> Why not? Even just sixty nine. <laughs> just thinking about it. Um, yeah. I mean, pretty much my entire presence on Twitter at the moment is just responding to content creators whose tweets have reached sixty nine likes, hey. screenshotting it, and just saying the word nice. <laughs> if that seems like the kind of content you'd like to see on a daily basis, please follow me. Awesome. That is all we have time for this week. Yeah, once again, we are approaching the second hour. Godfair has returned, so we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. <laughs> <laughs>